Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you live in the office this morning. It's Sunday. I hope you're having a great weekend. We're coming, obviously, to the end. I've tried desperately to figure out how to stop Mondays from coming or at least slow them down, but it's not working real well. So apparently it was created uh, at a higher power than I am. So it happens whether we like it or not. But enjoy your Sunday. It's it's cool. It's cloudy. We had a lot of rain. Some storms go through Oklahoma last night. Kind of cooled us down a little bit. Thankful. So thankful for that. It's been so hot. Uh, so hopefully we'll... Uh, Maybe be on a downhill trend towards the fall from here, maybe. It's August, though, in Oklahoma. In September, they always talk, Rhonda and I were just talking about the burr months. You know, September is right around the corner, and but the burr usually doesn't happen here till even towards the end of November. Every now and again, you'll get a little cold in the October, but uh, most of the time it's the end of November, even into December, before we've got any cool or cold temperatures. So we'll see how this year goes. Nothing is normal anymore. Is that right? I want to share with you a message. Uh, again, this is something that, that came and sparked out of uh, the missions conference that Rhonda and I attended recently with our friends from Mexico, uh, our missions friends there. And, and this is actually a message that was spoken by another missions couple that are uh, in, the, in the Mexico region. And um, she touched on some subjects that really sparked some interest in me. So I'm going to follow through on that. I've, I've kind of titled this today, Parable of the Sower, the MOV, which is my own version. So I'm going to expound a little bit on some things that she spoke, but I'm also going to talk about some scripture and what God was showing me in the process of this. So buckle up. Here we go. Parable of the Sower, the MOV. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through 9 in the Amplified says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting beside the Sea of Galilee. But such large crowds gathered around him that he had to get into a boat, and he sat there positioning himself as a teacher while the whole crowd stood on the shore. He told them many things in parables, saying, Listen carefully. A sower went out to sow seed in his field, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, or beside the road between the fields, and the birds came and they ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and at once they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, then they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns came up and choked them out. Other seed fell on good soil and yielded grain, some a hundred times as much as sown, some sixty times as much, and some thirty. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Now, Jesus' disciples were struggling with why he always spoke in parables. So he explains why. He uses parables to teach. And, and then Jesus explains the parable of the sower. Matthew chapter 13, still in verses 18 through 23, he gives an explanation of what's happening here. He said, listen then to the meaning of the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom regarding salvation and does not understand and grasp it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one whom seed was sown beside the road. The one whose seed was sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and at once welcomes it with joy. Yet he has no substantial root in himself, but is only temporary. And when pressure or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles and falls away, abandoning the one who is the source of his salvation. 
and the one to whom the seed was sown among thorns. This is the one who hears the word, but the worries and the distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches choke the word, and it yields no fruit. And then the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil. This is the one who hears the word, and he understands and he grasps it. He indeed bears fruit and yields some a hundred times as much as was sown, some sixty times as much, and some thirty. Our missionary friends, Bill and Tammy Woods, our missionaries to Chiapas, uh, Mexico, they have a, uh, an incredible ministry going there in Chiapas. Um, she was speaking at this missions conference. Uh, her, her and Bill both brought a message, but she spoke some things, and then Bill preached a message as well. But I, I caught some things that she was saying as she spoke, and she, and, and she interjected some thoughts that really stirred my heart. She said this, We are not responsible for the soil or its content. We are responsible to sow the seed. God will bring the harvest. Now, I've, I've preached on this subject in this text often uh, because I come from red dirt country, from Oklahoma farm ground. Um, I understand the farming principles, you know. I mean, there's a lot to it. And things are coming fresh this morning as, as I was preparing for this message. But I've, I've preached this text often referencing the farmer perspective of soil preparation seed planting, and then carrying and watering and weeding, etc. Now, like God kind of showed me when I went into ministry, and this was in, way back in 1997, I took my first youth pastor position in Durango, Colorado with, with Brother Stan and Gail Formby. And, and, and as I went in there, God kind of showed me that oftentimes people are sent as seed sowers, but somewhere in the process, someone has to till that ground. They've got to break that soil open. They've got to prepare the ground for the seed to be sown. And so there's a lot of ministry that can come from this passage of Scripture talking about seed prep or soil preparation and harvesting and, and all of these things that go into that. But in the midst of her message, and then Rhonda and I conversing and chewing on this after the service, I was stirred with some very interesting thoughts. And I want to share these with you. God has given us a commission. And the commission is the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to, to, to literally tell the story of Jesus Christ and his saving grace. This is the seed planting. That, that's what we're commissioned to do. We're commissioned to go into all the world and plant the seed. The Holy Spirit is the tractor ahead of us preparing the soil. And, and the soil preparation, man, you could take this so many different directions. Because not only does the soil have to be broken, and in Oklahoma, let's say you want to take a, a pasture that's been holding cattle, and you want to turn that into a wheat ground where you can plant wheat. There's a lot of wheat grown here. Well, you've got to go in there and break that ground open because it's never been broken before. It's virgin soil. So you take a big one-way plow, and you go in there, and you roll that soil over, and then it's really rough, and it's, it's hard to walk across. I've done that. And then you come back with a disc. And you break that soil down and until you finally have a field level, the, the soil con consistency is, is, is perfect. It, it's chewed up. It's, it's, it's leveled out. Now, now you can come back and, and most farmers here would use a drill and they would come back and drill that seed in uniform uh, fashion and then they wait for, for the moisture to come. And then when the moisture comes and, and the, the seed process starts and, you know, a seed dying and then sprouting forth life and all of that, there's, again, there's so many messages in this. Our neighbor comes over in the spring and he tills our little garden spot up with his tractor. He, it doesn't take too long. It's not a really big spot. 
and and that's preparing the soil. But the problem with here in Oklahoma, and I, I've, I've often wondered about this, weeds begin to grow almost immediately. The minute you break the ground up, weeds start growing, grass starts growing. Now, I've often wondered why the ag folks don't spend a good portion of their time studying the composition of weeds like Johnson grass to learn how to make crops grow. Because Johnson grass and many other weeds, they grow through the drought, they grow through floods, they grow in red clay, uh, they, grow, they grow in good dirt, sand. It, it just grows. You, you can't hardly stop Johnson grass. Everything we want to grow, though, every good thing we want to grow is a struggle. And there is likely a sermon right there in that message all as well. We try to get it clear of the weeds after, after our friend comes and prepares the soil for us. Um, but there's a point where the seeds got to go in the ground. Ron and I waited this year because our temperatures were so up and down and all over the board. It, we, there was you know calling for frost here, cold temperatures here. So we waited and we waited and we waited well in to, to the late part of early spring before we ever got our seed in the ground. But there came a point to where if you're going to see a harvest, you've got to put the seed in the ground. If you don't plant the seed, all of the soil preparation, everything that you've done ahead of time is is going to be in vain because nothing's going to come except weeds. You're going to grow a lot of weeds. So we try to grow or clear all these weeds out, but then eventually we have to plant the seed. Now this thought came as Ron and I were sharpening our swords over this word that had been spoken. What thought? Well, the thought crossed my mind was settlers coming west, they had no idea of the soil conditions they were coming to. They didn't test the pH. They didn't send off a sample to know what fertilizer or soil need, that, that was needed for their soil. They likely had no idea of weather patterns or even growing seasons as they traveled out here. But they still had to sow in hopes of a harvest in order to survive. Now, in the midst of all this, I began thinking of sowing spiritually instead of physically. See, as we travel along the path God's given us, doing our best to, to fulfill this great commission, what if, what if you see someone beside the path? Maybe someone holding a cardboard sign. Will you pass them by? There's a chance the birds, the enemy's vultures, will come swooping down and snatch away any seed that you might sow there. So do you just bypass that piece of soil that you see? What what if someone on rocky soil, a hard place in their life, maybe they're in a rough situation, maybe they're living a rough lifestyle, will you withhold the seed from them as well? See, there's a chance that it may sprout, it might take off, but the very first storm that comes along will sweep it away and simply because it wasn't set deep enough. So do you withhold the seed from them? What if you see someone in the thorns, in the thickets, crowded out by the world's noise? Will you pass them by? See, there's a chance the thorns and the branches will choke it out, and it'll never have a chance to grow, much less produce anything worthwhile. Listen, I spent a good portion of my time when I was out in New Mexico and and Colorado area. I got involved in the juvenile uh, detention center chaplaincy. I was the chaplain for San Juan County's juvenile detention. San Juan County is one of the largest counties in the state of New Mexico, uh, a melting pot of culture uh, from the, the Navajo Nation, the Latino culture, uh, just a spattering of all kinds of things. It was a very big learning curve for me to, to learn how to minister to all of those different cultures effectively. But ultimately, I would say that they fit this 
people caught up in the thorns of life. Because see, their atmosphere is not really probably going to change. Should I not have planted any seed in them? You know, what, I mean, chances are that seed's going to be choked out. There's not going to be any growth. There's not going to be any fruit in multiple cases involved in that. So should I have just withheld the seed from them? I think not. Because our calling, our commission is to go into all this world, all the world, not, not just the fertile ground world, all the world, and preach the gospel, to plant the seed. No one sows randomly. You, you don't just walk around life's path slinging seed, right? I mean, I think about that. I think there was a little cartoon movie about Johnny Appleseed where he just walked randomly over the hilltops, just, just tossing seed out and apple trees began to grow. That's not how that happens. Seed can fall to the ground and grow. Birds may drop it somewhere and it grow. I've seen corn on a pond dam growing because some bird probably dropped a corn kernel there. But it's not random when it comes to spiritual things. We don't just go around spiritually speaking word out into the air. What does Paul say? He doesn't beat the air uh, pointlessly, like a like a like shadow boxing. He doesn't just go around beating the air. There's a purpose to everything that's being done. We sow seed in expectation. Instead of going around just tossing out seed nonchalantly, we're to walk with the Holy Spirit, and now we sow purposely. We sow with an expectation because the Holy Spirit is preparing the ground ahead of us. Know this with certainty. The Holy Spirit is walking with us, clearing the fields, setting up the encounters, preparing the soil, tilling the ground, hoeing out the row or digging the hole or for the seed that we carry to be planted by our words as well as our actions. That's how we go about planting seed. This parable of the sower was speaking greatly about being careful with what we do, understanding what we're doing, not just randomly throwing things out into the into the woods, hoping for something, but that we sow with an expectation. I, I, I sowed into those young people at the detention center with an expectation that, that some, some would sprout up out of all that choking grass, out of those brambles, and, and create fruit, grow a life. We're to carry the seed of the Word of God looking for fertile soil to plant in. The ground will always be fertile when we are walking with the Holy Spirit, even when we can't see that. We've got to understand that our commission, our calling, our, 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 our job here on this earth is to speak the word, to lead people to Jesus Christ. And the only way we can do that is by planting that seed. When we see the fertile soil, we're to plant the seed. God may well use us or possibly others to care for and water and weed life's gardens. Our job, our role, is to plant the seed. We may be in turn, just like I talked the other day about the fivefold ministry. There's uh, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Those those five items are the fivefold ministry. But I don't want a particular label. I, I want to be used as any of them. So I, I yes, I'm called to plant seed. But there may come a time when I'm called to go back and water that seed, or maybe I'm called to go back and plant and pick some weeds out of that garden soil, or maybe I'm called to go back and replant some seed. Maybe it got washed out, maybe it got moved, and now it's time to go back and replant. It happens here in Oklahoma. There's times when they till it, they till ground, and they they go in and they drill, and maybe something comes along like army worms and wipes out a big section of a field. They don't just leave that part bare. 
once they've got the problem under control, once they've taken care of what's causing the grief, they go back and re-drill that particular area so that it doesn't just stay barren. You understand that? There's so much principle involved in farming. Whew. But know this, the harvest, the harvest is the Lord's. Our role is to plant the seed. It, it, I, was, I had a hard time with this when I got into ministry because I felt like a failure many, many times. But God has shown me faithfulness. He's shown me that those seeds planted years ago have some have just now taken root. I've got young people who have become youth pastors. I've got young people who are in the missions field today. I've got young people throughout my entire history of ministry who are now serving the Lord in great proportions. It's a blessing. It's, 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 it's where I get to see the harvest. We don't always get to see harvest. We don't always get to see the fruit of our labors because that's not our goal. We don't sit around waiting for the fruit. We keep planting seed. We keep doing what God's called us to do. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20 says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. That's a powerful piece of scripture. Go. Go because of all of this that you've just heard. Go. So that go therefore, remember what that word means, because of this. Go because of this and make disciples of all nations. Make followers. That's what a disciple is, is a follower of all people groups that you encounter. Our commission, lead people to Jesus. We got to plant the seed. Which and and you want to take this to another level. We can't plant seed we're not carrying. We, we've got to be carriers of his seed before we can plant it. You, you've got to have a bag full of seed. You've got to have it in you. you, you, you and the only way we do that is by getting in God's word, by living according to his word, being obedient to his word, allowing ourselves to be filled with him so that we have something to send out as seed. Plant the seed. And if necessary, tend the garden. Continue to disciple. Continue to lead. If you just randomly toss seed out with no follow-up, it's just going to be like that stuff that gets carried away by the birds or doesn't grow and washes out because it didn't have any depth or it's tossed off into the brambles of life and forgotten. Our role is to plant seed. Let this message mess with you today. Let it take you to a new place spiritually of what your role is in this life. To live according to God's word and, and, and be so full of his seed that you plant it everywhere you go. In good soil, look for it, recognize it, and know when to speak it. Thank you guys so much for following along. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. Thank you for uh, all your support, all your prayer. Or we covet your prayers uh, and your support as well. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livinglightoutdoors.com. Uh, pinned right to the top of our Facebook page as well in a little story that's there. Thank you for your prayers. Please continue to pray with us as we continue to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. Rhonda and I love you. We'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>